I was about s uh, about uh, yeah, two weeks ago. I was quite sick, so my voice is like all over the place. If you hear it go all funny, but yes, yeah, I was just thinking in in worship. It's like, thank you, Lord, that you are experiential God. That and I think some people think like, what experiential God? But that you're not like this mystic force or intellectual concept that's so far beyond us. But he's personal and he's with us and he's, yeah, it's just so awesome um, to know that the Lord is with us. And I think even that we can go home and like, the Lord is with us. It's so awesome um, to know that. So for those of you who do not know me, I haven't preached in quite some time. Uh, my name is Henry. I serve on the eldership team alongside other amazing people that are around. <laughs> They're casting out demons and stuff, but the rest of the elders is around. Um, but it's lacquer to, to be here and to share with you guys what's on the Lord's heart. So as you guys can see, I'm going to share on, you heard what? Hearing God's voice. And I think when it comes to hearing God's voice, there's, there's, there's always a quite an excitement around it, and there's a lot to say but I think for some of us, we're like, oh my head, here we go. It's like Ratanga when it still existed. It's, it's, it's something big. We're going to go on the Cobra, and there's so much going on. But I think um, I'm, a, I'm a person that thinks quite logically through things. So when it comes to this topic specifically, uh, I do not want to take away that God of the heavens and the earth that created us can speak to us. And that there's something so supernatural that God from heaven, some way, shape, or form, speaks to us, wicked human beings. And there's something beautiful, actually, about it, that God reaches out and says, I want to speak to this tiny little Henry here on the earth. But I think with that, there's the other side of it, that there's a lot of question marks around this topic of hearing God's voice. I know for me, I've thought about it, it's like, when is it my voice or when is it God's voice? Who's thought about that? Like, oh my head, like every time. It's like, okay, is it me? Yeah, that's me. Um, and you just freak out hearing God's voice. And then with that, you see people come to the front maybe and sharing certain pictures. It's always a picture or a vision that they have. I've never had a vision in my life. But they come here in front and they like, they, they saw this picture and the Lord spoke to them. And I get so intimidated sometimes that because every time I close my eyes, I see food. It's every time. It's like if I, if I want to hear the Lord's voice, I'm like, oh, snitchel, car sosi. And I feel so not spiritual when I close my eyes and try to trust for pictures. But I think the Lord definitely does speak through that. But for me, um, we make it so mystic sometimes and we miss God in totality in it. And I know that the first time when I was still... Um, very much living in the word, uh, in the world, in the, not in the word at all, in the world, and I was a Philistine doing a lot of sinful things. I remember going on a church camp, and there was this, this girlie that spoke to me, uh, her story, and as I'm speaking to her, she gets to this point that she says, yeah, and God speaks to me so casually, and I've, I, I, I made the switch in my heart and in my mind and in everything that Christians are crazy. That day, I thought like, 
God speaks to you. Because I had this picture of sitting in a room, and I share it quite often with people, that I sit in a room on a bed, and a cloud comes in, like, Henry, how's your day been? And I sit there, and I'm like, oh, my God. I don't, that's my reference of hearing God's voice. But I think as the next day, the very next day, I came to know God and, um, yeah, He became my Lord and Savior. And I started to grow in the things of God. And I started to see that hearing God's voice is actually the very thing that all of us are created to do. That there's something in us far more natural that you can think of that is connected to the heart of the Father if you are a believer. So what I want to speak about tonight is, in a sense, three main headings or three main, three main things I want to touch on. Is firstly, why do we need to hear God's voice? Thank you, Indra. Good question. Secondly, I want to look at 1 Samuel 3, and I want to pull out some things that I believe is going to be foundational to this congregation um, to build into our relationship with God um, in specifically the area of hearing His voice. And then lastly, I want to to touch on 10 ways how you can hear the Lord's voice. Yes, there is more than one way than pictures to hear the Lord's voice. So firstly, the foundation of any relationship is communication. So why do we need to hear the Lord's voice? To have a relationship with God. Communication is important for intimacy and for growth in your relationship. There's a scripture in John 10, 27 that says, My sheep will hear my voice. I think it's there. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. That means if you are sitting here and you are a believer, Jesus Scarp. That is true. You are a sheep and you can hear the Lord's voice and you can actually follow that voice. You have the capacity to hear the Lord's voice. Let that sink in. You sitting here have the capacity to hear the Lord's voice if you are a believer. The foundation of any relationship is communication. And I thought about it preparing this preach. It would have been so strange marrying my wife, Brigitta. She's amazing. And standing there and needing to say the I do's, um, two and a half years ago, and a dad whispers in my ear, and she's like, in our family, oh, he whispers in my ear, in our family, we don't speak to one another, okay? Okay, but she's beautiful, I'll marry her. Okay, let's do this thing. But then we get at home, and now we can't speak. We look at one another, we stare at one another, we make food for one another, but you may never communicate with one another. It's just like this stays. That relationship will never grow past this stage of awkward. <laughs> really? And I think the thing, sometimes it is like that with God, that we tend to, maybe just we have a lot to say, but we never listen to what He has to say. Or we go to the Bible and like, He says a lot of things, and then we walk away and like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. That relationship will never grow into what it was supposed to be. Why do we need to hear the Lord's voice? Some of you came into worship feeling a little bit flat tires, and not a lot of faith. There's a scripture in Romans 10, 17 that says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing from the word of God. We need to hear the voice of God for faith. The amount of times that I've ran into worship sessions, and I felt like, oh my, hat, 
I don't even have the capacity to worship now or need to make difficult decisions or do certain things in my life that it feels like, yes, yeah, I just, I just, I can't. And then I go sit down with the scriptures. I go pray. I go worship and I walk out of there and I'm like, woohoo, kumbaya, we're going to do this Christian thing. And I felt faith rising in my heart. Just two weeks ago, a week ago, myself and Brigitte had to make, a, make quite a difficult decision with uh, Brigitte's business. And we didn't have faith at all. And we sat down, we prayed. Brigitte went alone to be with the Lord. And she came out there and she's like, I know what needs to happen. All of a sudden, faith filled her heart, even in our business. And she just knew what, happen, what needs to happen because the Lord spoke to her and faith entered her heart. And all of a sudden, we can do what we feel in God to do. So why do we need to hear the Lord's voice? For relationship. Secondly, for faith. And then lastly, um, and I think there's more things as well, but we need to hear God's voice to help us know His will. We need to hear the Lord's voice to know what His will is for our lives. And I think many of us struggle in this area because we're not hearing the voice of God, so we don't know where we're going. We are very complex beings. We are very complex. Our thoughts, our desires, our heart, our everything is just demokar. It's all over the place. And now we need to look at our life and say, I know exactly what to do. Half of you don't know what exactly you need to do. You're studying now, and maybe you're going to work, or maybe you're going to do a gap year. That's what everybody does. So let's do that. But actually, the Lord wants us to approach Him because He is the great architect of our lives. He's the one that put us together. He knows the, the hair on your head. He knows everything about you. It might be good to go to the architect and hear His voice, and He will direct your steps. So I want to look at 1 Samuel 3. And Samuel, and it speaks about Samuel, the prophet that anointed David as king, and he was a great prophet. But he wasn't always just a great prophet. He was a little boy needing to hear the Lord's voice and learn to hear the Lord's voice. And some of us might be finding ourselves in exactly the same space as Samuel. So you guys can read with me. I'm going to just read from here. 1 Samuel 3 verse 1 to 11 says, Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli. That was his leader or another prophet. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There were no frequent vision. At the time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his own place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Here we go. And the Lord God called Samuel, and he, Samuel, said, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call you. Lie down again. So he went and lay down again. And the Lord, go, the Lord called, called again Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you call me. But he said, I did not call you, my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. And the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you call me. Yes, I would be miffed by this time. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I just want a nap. 
Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and if he calls you, you, should, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood, the fourth time, calling, uh, as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant hears. And the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I'm about to do a thing in Israel, at which the, ear, the two ears of everyone who hears, it will tingle. Thanks, God. <laughs> and I think it's such an amazing portion of Scripture for us, specifically in hearing God's voice, because there's so much, and I, I just took out some things here, but there's so many things we can actually learn from, and I want to encourage us uh, to take these things that I'm going to mention, in a sense, as foundational things, before we even get to the, the ways of hearing God, we need to get the heart first. We need to get to the foundational things before we move on from there on. So the first thing I want to mention from this portion is, the first scripture says, Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli. Samuel positioned himself in the presence of God. So the first thing we can learn from Samuel is that he positioned himself in the presence of God. And I think many of us ask, Henry, what is the presence of God? It is where God is present. We try to make it so mystic and so all day in the air, the presence of God is in the room. No, God just walked in. But how do I find the presence of God? Have you ever wondered? It's where He is honored. Where He is lifted up, He will draw all men to Himself, says the Bible. Where he is adored, where he is made much of, there he is. Where he is honored in the heart of men, and where idols and false gods is moved away, and he is enthroned in the place of your heart. There the presence of God is, because you make much of Jesus. So I want to say we can learn a lot from Samuel, and I want to ask you, are you positioning yourself in the presence of God in worship, in prayer, in picking up this thing, this is called the Bible, and reading it and getting into the Scripture and say, God, I want to get to know you. The best way that somebody described this book to me, it's a love letter. It's a love letter to you about a great God. And I want to get to know this great God. It's like before I get to know Brigitta, I get a handbook of what she likes what she dislikes, what pleases her, what displeases her. What are some of the things that, that will, um, as, as I read through this book of Brigitta, I can read that this is the certain things that will, that will make much of her. We have that same book about God. We can honor Him. We can adore Him. We can lift Him up. How much more should we not read this to lift up God and make much of Him? So are you positioning yourself in the presence of God? It's for me awesome to see there's a guy in the Bible, I love him. There's even churches that call themselves um, yeah, from his name. His name is Joshua. Um, and Joshua in the Bible, I think it's Josh Jane or something. But Joshua, Joshua 
was a man that when Moses was in the tabernacle ministering to God, Moses came out and went to go speak to the people, and there was a guy named Joshua that stood in the presence of God and stayed behind and lingered a little bit longer with God. It's like, God, I'm a little bit longer with you. Another guy is, is the disciples, the apostles that followed God, that when Jesus gave a hard saying, many disciples left, and he looked at the disciple and said, well, are you guys also going to leave now? And they looked at him, and Peter looked at him, and he said, where shall we go? For you have the words of eternal life. How many times don't we come to God and we don't like what he's saying? We leave and hopefully that he says something else next time. We come to a service, we don't like it, and we don't change. God's not going to change his mind. God stays God. And we need to come to him and say, God, you have the words of eternal life. Let's stay a little bit longer with him. The next thing I want to say is that he did not only position himself in the presence of God, but Samuel positioned himself underneath leadership. That if it wasn't for Eli, the other prophet, Samuel would have never known it's God speaking to him. Did you guys see that? Once he went to Eli, a second time, a third time, and then only was it Eli that directed him in a direction and says, it's God actually speaking to you. How many times don't we go on with our daily things, but actually we need to get to leaders Get to people and say, I struggled to hear the Lord's voice on this situation. Or I struggled to hear the Lord's voice on this relationship. Then we want to close our ears. No, we don't want to hear what leaders have to say then. But actually, then we need to invite. Then we need to invite leadership into hearing the Lord's voice on big decisions in our life. And not just carry on. Because we might miss God as Samuel did. Invite leadership into hearing the Lord's voice. If it wasn't for Eli, Samuel wouldn't have grown in hearing God's voice. The next one, and I love this one, number three, that we can learn from the story is Samuel didn't get it right the first time. The Bible is about human beings making a lot of mistakes. True? Samuel didn't get it right the first time. And it's so comforting for me because I mess up so many times. I think I'm hearing God, but I'm actually going on my own direction and things like that. And then I sit in front of leaders and they're just like, oh, I don't know, Inre. Maybe reconsider. <laughs> I remember in my first year, I was extremely passionate for God, just wanting to serve Him, wanting to uh, minister in the nations and preach the gospel, and I believe I was the evangelist, and I believed a lot of different things about myself, but I just wanted to preach the gospel. And then an opportunity came. All the Namibia people is going to be like, ooh, ooh. but to go to Namibia, Kietman's whip, and I visited there twice. I love the place because their soup has like chops in. It's like next level. <laughs> it's not really soup. It's just like, it's like, Water with chops. <laughs> and they had an opportunity for me to preach the gospel there, to, to plant the youth, to start off with working with children. And I thought, like, this is God. It must be. My time has arrived. And I remember sitting with leaders, thinking that I heard the voice of God. And they just like, I don't know, Henry. And I thought, like, what are you guys on about? Don't you see the call of God in my life? But actually, they were just directing, and they were saying, oh, maybe not yet. 
I think I could have shipwrecked my faith in God if I started to run and grab and go after certain things. But actually, the voice of God was in my leaders directing me, so I didn't get it right there. I think I, I do have a call of God in my life, but it's not in Kietman's work. It's in Stellenbosch today. <laughs> Praise the Lord that I'm here. This is the promised land, Stellenbosch. <laughs> positioning ourselves in the presence of God, positioning ourselves underneath leadership, and it's okay to make mistakes. There's grace. I think one thing to say on this is, the first time you walk in here, there will be a lot of voices around, but you won't recognize anyone. It's just like, it's like, just a lot of people are speaking. But as you are two weeks, four weeks, two months, a year with us, you'll be standing here inside and you will be hearing Talana <laughs> laugh from the gate. And all of a sudden, you're just like, oh, it's just Talana. Why? You recognize her voice because you spend a lot of time with her. True? Just like that with all of our friends. You can even hear when it's them crying in a crowd. Why? Because we frequently hear their voice. It is exactly like that with God. If we spend time with Him, we will start to recognize Him and recognize His voice, and all of a sudden, you'll start to recognize Him on a daily basis. And I think lastly, and it's more a thing that is personal, um, and I, I, I want you to take this and, in a sense, take the sword to your own heart. It says in, in, I think it's verse 1 slash verse 2, it says, And the word of the Lord was rare in those days, and there was no frequent vision. I think we are a generation that's sometimes the most informed generation ever. Why? Just Google it. Why are we the most informed? You can go Google it. You'll see. And a click of a button, we have all the information in the world, and we can get to know anything. We can even try to figure out God through Google. And then all of a sudden, it never changed us. That information, and I'm going to be cheesy, but never led to transformation in your heart. It's just a lot of things in your head, but it never moves to a place of actually the Word of God in your life. And when I mean the Word of God... The Word of God is also Jesus Christ. Jesus is called the Word of God, the living Word in our lives. And I want to ask you, is the Word of God active in your life, or is, it, is there a drought? Is there a scarcity in your life when it comes to the Word of God? And that's why I opened up this preach by saying, daily you can experience God. Daily you can hear His voice. He's an experiential God that we can come to personally hearing from Him. Is the word of the Lord rare in your life? I want to go on just mentioning again, positioning in the presence of God. Positioning under leadership. It's okay to make mistakes. He got it right the fourth time only. And then lastly, is the word of God rare in your life? And I want to go on to 10 ways we can, and this is what you've all been waiting for. Yes, how can I hear the Lord's voice, Henry? 10 ways we can hear the Lord's voice, and I believe there's many other ways as well. Some of them I'm going to pause on, others of them I'm just going to mention. Number one, ways we can hear the Lord's voice. It is through the Scriptures. 
through the Bible. Firstly, and all of you is like, oh, obviously. But I think many times we mystify or we try to make it such a hoo-ha thing that I can see pictures or the Lord speaks audibly to me and directly to me. But we dim down when I say, now I read the scripture and the, the Lord spoke to me. This is the word of God. It's not only the word of God. This is the measuring rod, the ruler that every single word we need to measure according to the word of God, the Bible. And I said it in the first service as well. We in Wellington, we dealt with a situation of a lady that was married. And she came to us and said she received a vision from God that she can divorce her husband and marry another man. And we're just like, okay. And then she continued to say, but I believe that I love God and I also I love this man and God is love. So why are you guys trying to stop me now? Like, okay. And now we can take up the word of God and say, sit with us and let's assess if you really heard the voice of God. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. She didn't listen. She did divorce her husband. She did end up marrying another man. She did end up leaving the church. It was a messy situation. But just in that situation, it's something that somebody said, but God said. And then we can say, no, 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 God did not say. If we don't have a standard, everything goes. Anything goes. And I think many of us, um, well, that's a big statement, but some of us might come to a place to say, yeah, but God just speaks to me. I don't, I don't need the Bible that much. I will, I will be very hesitant to receive a prophetic word from you because you don't measure it up against the word of God ever. Next up is we can hear the, the voice of God through people, through leaders, through conversations. And I think this is one of the primary me means that I believe the Lord speaks to us um, as a generation, I believe, through preaching, through conversations, through people actually challenging us. And we need to hear His voice behind the voice busy speaking to you. That I think some of you, if I say, guys, the voice of God might be very scarce in your life. You hear actually God's voice and say, I want you. I, I'm desiring you. Come back. Come closer. That actually we need to listen to the voice behind a voice sometimes. There's a scripture that says uh, in Hebrews 13 verse 17, Obey your leaders and submit to them. For they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Leadership is given over us, not as a means of dictating your life, but of protection and safety when it comes to the things of God. For me, one thing I mentioned in the first service as well that I love about Joshua generation, it's leaders that's after God's heart for you. That they desire you to walk in everything that the Lord has for your life because it will glorify Him. And there's safety in that, guys. There's a guy that is sitting in our crowd, Nilan. I asked him if I can share this story. There's Nilan, champion. Nilan has been with us about six weeks-ish. I remember six weeks ago, Nilan walking in here. It was load shedding. 
we were worshiping here in front. It wasn't that service. We were worshiping here on the stage. That was Nilan's first day with us. I was, I think, leading the service. Mac was there and Mornay, and we were all holy huddling there, trying to figure out, does the Lord move in load shedding? Yes, he does. <laughs> and as we were standing there on the stage, um, Mornay felt to, to, um, to share something, or we felt that he needs to share something. And he made up a preach on the stage just for what he's feeling the Lord is saying. He shared for five minutes, and then some people responded where Nilan was one of them, and he stood just there on the right hand of that cajon. Many people came and prayed for everybody on the stage, and I believe that day uh, Nilan's life changed. But two weeks later, I sat in a coffee shop, uh, call it my office, has, um, with Nilan, and as I was chatting to him, he says that he went to some community groups or cell groups, and at one of that groups, um, sorry for that group, but they were speaking about the first time they heard God's voice. And everybody was sharing these stuff, and Nilan was sitting there, and he's like, okay, I don't, they, just, they just skipped him. And he's sitting there like, oh, shucks, I can't hear the Lord's voice like that. And I'm sitting and listening to Neil, and I'm like, oh, yes, how can we rescue this guy? <laughs> he thinks he can't hear the Lord's voice. And a thought came. I'm like, Nilan, that night that you came to us, Mornay shared something. What happened there? What, what did you feel when he shared that words? And he shared some things, and he felt like he was stirred in his heart. You can correct me from the front if you want to. Um, and something stirred in your heart, and you felt that you just need to respond to that. And you went to the front, just like some others did. We prayed for him. I really believe that the Lord saved him that day. And from there on, I, I looked, and he, he was strange. And I said, Nilan, did you recognize the Lord called you that day through Mornay's voice? And I, I, I took a screenshot of my eyes of Nilan's face that day in that coffee shop. He just lightened up. It's like, I heard God. I heard the Lord's voice. And something in him changed. Still today, something is different in Nilan through God's voice, through Mornay on that stage. Nilan is different. The Lord can speak through people to all of us. Thirdly, the Lord can actually speak through desires. And I think this is quite a controversial one because we're like, oh, yes, I don't trust my desires at all. <laughs> but I think the Lord does lay things on our heart that is for His kingdom purposes, really. If the Lord didn't lay it on my heart, then I would never have preached in my life. I hated speaking in front of people. I hated it. I was so scared of it. But the Lord laid it on my heart. If the Lord didn't lay it on my heart to preach the gospel to people, people will not get saved. I wouldn't want to love a lot of people because it's so much easier to play Call of Duty on the couch. Why do you need to love people? But the Lord puts desire to love and a desire to be at church, and it, he, he speaks through those things. I remember that the desire that I had in my life for years was to be somebody that works in architecture or town and regional planning and to 
to look at a city and strategically plan out where everything needs to be, how traffic flow needs to. I, I just love thinking strategically about these things, even till today. Until one day that I took that desire and I feel I'm, I'm called for this. I applied twice for university to go and study that. I got accepted twice. And all of a sudden I'm... I'm sitting in a, in, a, in a conference type thingy, and I need to finish off. I'm speaking a bit longer. And we're playing with clay. I love art. Um, really, I do. And they gave us a, a piece of clay, and they said, what is the Lord calling you to? You have an hour. So we, go, we went to sit alone in a room for an hour, and all of a sudden, I started to build a microphone. I'm like, the Lord is calling me to preach. I need to preach the Word of God. And all of a sudden, I'm building this mic. And as I'm halfway through, half an hour in, I believe the Lord is speaking to me. I start to change it. And I change it to a hammer. And I, be I believe the Lord spoke to me that day and He said, I have called you to build. The desires you have is from me. But it was never to build cities and buildings and things like that. It was to build my house. And my desires was fine, but it was just directed in the wrong direction. And that's why we need the Lord's voice in our heart to direct our desires. We need leadership. There's wisdom in the counsel of many. Ask many people because you can be deceived with your desires as well. The Lord can direct that. If I didn't have a desire, I would not be married today and I would miss the Lord's voice. Really. I think I would miss a call of God to not be married if I didn't. Don't listen to my desires. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> End of the preach. Fourthly, we can hear the Lord's voice through the person of Jesus. In Hebrews 1 verse 1 and 2, it speaks about that in that last, uh, in the previous, um, God spoke through the prophets, but in this last days, he will speak through his son, if you want to hear the Lord's voice, go look at the life of Jesus in context of Scripture, looking straight through the Bible, but looking at the person of Jesus, not just Levi's, but also the Jesus that kicked over the tables and that his robe was dipped in blood. But the totality of who Jesus is, we can come to him and like, that's my God. How he feels about certain things, how he feels about certain sins, how he, how he extends grace, mercy, truth. He was full of grace and full of truth. We can find the Lord's voice in Jesus. Next, we can hear the Lord's voice through circumstances. The book of Job is a whole book of circumstances going south for Job. But we can learn from that and through your own life circumstances, you can find the Lord's voice. Sometimes we switch off when there's a difficult situation. The Lord is speaking to you. Just listen. He's teaching you something. The next one is actually where most of you thought we're going to start with is through pictures. The Lord does speak through pictures. You would have seen tonight people coming to the front and they heard certain things or they saw certain pictures in their, in their mind as they closed their eyes. And I think the Lord does speak through that. It might be that you close your eyes and all of a sudden you get just these mental images and you're like, yes, but, and the Lord puts an impression on your heart. Maybe you see a Bible and a tree connected to the Bible and the Lord actually wants to root you deeper in the Word of God. And that's something the Lord is doing in your heart. 
And I've been blessed so much through people hearing the Lord's voice through pictures. And the Lord does speak differently, different connotations to different pictures you have. Next is visions. Visions is different than pictures. If you have a vision, it's quite extreme. So don't say you have a vision if you didn't have a vision. A vision is like Peter had when he saw uh, some of the unclean animals fall from the sky, and the Lord said, eat. Um, and it's quite a big, vivid dream. And it was actually uh, a life or a, a whole changing direction of the church that the Lord spoke to Peter at that time, that actually the Gentiles will be integrated into the church. Uh, it's a big thing um, that the Lord spoke through a vision. But some of us do have and will have visions that God give you. The other one is dreams. This is one I don't have. I don't, I don't get dreams from God, um, maybe once in a blue moon. But the Lord can speak to you through dreams. As you are sleeping, the Lord can um, speak to, through certain events and things in your dreams. The next one is, I would say, Holy Spirit ideas, that the Lord gives ideas to do certain things. Uh, for us, it was our business. We never knew that it would uh, take off the way it did. We just, it was an idea that we had, and it was in God, and the Lord spoke to us, and all of a sudden it was a God idea. And we're like, oh my, the Lord actually spoke to us through a business idea. One business idea that I had as a student, somebody gave me a full black bag of ties, and I started a business, Skies and Ties. And I sold 2,000 rand of ties every month, and I could get food like that. Like, praise the Lord for ideas, even business ideas. And the last one I want to chat about, then um, I want to give over to Leonard, is our conscience. And the conscience speaks about just that knowing right from wrong in our hearts. That there's something of a knowing that doing that is wrong and knowing that that's right. And I think our conscience can be, in a sense, um, dumbed down or, s what's that word, Sphere, sphered. Seared, seared, because of our sinful nature, it can become callous, and we sometimes can't hear the Lord's voice on these different things. But I think a heart that is repentant, a heart that is seeking God, submitted to leaders, your conscience will be clean, and you will start to, through the scriptures, you can see what the Lord is saying on situations. Your conscience can speak about yes or no. And I think a good example for, for me personally, I got saved over a toilet. Really. Um, I was busy. Um, I had a hangover and I was busy vomiting over a, a toilet. And as I was on my knees, I, something in my heart said, never again. And from that moment on, something in my conscience could never come to the place of drinking again. For nine years, I've, ne I've not drank a drop of alcohol, but that is not something that's a blanket statement for everyone. No one can drink or no one can go for wine tasting or anything like that. But for me, the conscience, the Holy Spirit spoke to Henry in that area and directed my steps in that area for you. I'm speaking that over your life. And there's something, I don't, I don't know why, but for me, He's directing my step and the Lord can direct your steps in your conscience as well. Amen.